Good day, everybody, and welcome to the Vittles and Vitals podcast, where we talk about important stuff and how that stuff connects to food, because everything connects to food. I'm Jay Reed. I'm the father. And I'm Jacob Reed, the son, and we're your hosts. So we are back for sort of our first two-parter, part two of our first two-parter. In our last episode, we talked about the country of Yemen and that's a place that we lived off and on for 10 years and still love and pray for. And um, we had so much to say that we never got to the Vittles. And so today will be Vittles and Vitals, but it's going to be all about the Vittles in Yemen. So, Jacob, you were pretty young when we got there. I believe you were one and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then which would have made you about 10, 10-ish, 10 and a half when we left. So I think it was like 11. I don't know. Well, ten and a half, we round up. Uh, anyhow, what do you remember? Because I know you probably um, have different memories than I did as a 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember being uh, kind of a, a pickier child uh, when I was younger. It was just really strange growing up in a third-world country. You figured that I would be more um, exciting with my food options, but that didn't really come until I got back to the States. I will say one of my most distinct, memories of us going to a Yemeni restaurant in Yemen was when we went uh I couldn't couldn't tell you if it was a Fasa or Sota restaurant or I think those are the same do they no, do we're going to get into that we're going to would you like well, to describe those now or like me to tell you about them yeah might as well I know one's a, a primarily vegetable stew and one's more of a meat and vegetable yeah, stew yeah we'll go ahead and tell your story and then we'll talk about what it is well, whatever it was, the Faso Solto restaurant, I remember because I felt super special because I had never gone one with you before. And it was like you, me, maybe a couple other people that we knew, and maybe some like Yemeni guys. I don't really distinctly remember who was there. I remember it was a group. But I remember because when they cook them, they cook them in those massive pots with what sounds like a jet engine underneath it. Yeah, and that's then like, like the gas blowing down there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a super loud. You can't really hear in the restaurant, and it's just got this little Yemeni man like stirring the pot and everything. He's sweating. I, and probably sweating yeah. in the pot. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, a little bit of sweat just really like adds that little to little the end. Salt. But I just distinctly remembering that, and it had that really good Yemeni bread that's like really flat and charred and everything. Uh, I just distinctly remember that because I had never had it before i don't know if i had had it before then but i fell in love with that dish that day and it's just one of those like memories i know that is always just going to be locked in my mind when i think of uh fasa and salta well salta is basically considered the national dish of yemen and it will be served if you go to lunch um and just kind of a quick thing on that in yemen probably like a lot of other countries, but not like America, uh, most of America, is like breakfast is kind of a small meal, lunch is a really big meal, and then dinner is another small meal. And I'll, a lot of times breakfast and dinner are actually this kind of the same foods. Like you may not have the same thing for breakfast and dinner, but kind of we think of things as breakfast food, bacon, eggs, you know, toast, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. The things that we have are kind of stereotype breakfast foods, those yeah. would also be served at dinner. So you've got, um, but then at lunch, almost always you're going to have salta. So salta is kind of a, basically it's a stew. Uh, but like you said, it's so focuses good. on the vegetable. And so 
my mom used to make your grandmother she used to make soup a lot this is kind of how i compare it she used to make soup and like when we would have vegetables at dinner if there was just like a handful or a cup left not enough to really use as leftovers she would put it in this kind of big tupperware thing and so when her uh, container got full of mixed vegetables from leftovers then we'd have soup made from all those vegetables so it's a good soup too right so salta is my my impression of it from what i observed that was kind of the same thing that from house to house it was it was very different but mm -hmm. still the very basic it might have had okra it might have had potatoes sometimes it had eggs sometimes it had a little rice it might have a little meat i've had it with tuna um really yeah yeah and i was looking at a menu today and saw it with shrimp um which i never had but the the thing that makes it really unique First of all, as you described, if you go to a restaurant and have it, they put it in these really hot clay bowls. Mm -hmm. So the guys that are delivering it from the sweaty guy that's stirring it to your table, well, not to your table, to the piece of floor that you're sitting on, it might be a table, but a lot of times it was the floor. Um, he would, like, carry it with, like, these big sponges, kind of as a potholder almost. And you, hmm. could, you could see these, like, pink and blue and green sponges, and they would carry them with these sponges, probably have burn marks on their arms, uh, and they bring it. It'd still be bubbling in the in the bowl when it got to you. You couldn't touch the bowl. And then you're actually eating it with that bread that you described, which is round bread cooked in a tenor, which is a kind of a round oven, and the bread uh, it looked, almost looked like a pizza crust in shape. Mm -hmm. and it'd be flattened against the side of this oven, so and... Good. And, you know, get like you said, got the kind of bubbles and char and all. So you I think can tear that, that off and time. scoop your uh, salta with that. Mm -hmm. The difference between salta and fasa is not that big, except for the fasa is just mostly meat. So where, like you said, the vet, the vegetable, salta is vegetable front, you know, vegetable focus, and, and fasa would be meat focus. So it's a little bit more expensive, but. Uh, mm -hmm. definitely worth it. I think maybe we went to have Fasa that time that you're talking about if it was in Sanaa, but we had a friend in the old city of Sanaa and he made these little Yemeni houses like souvenirs and we would go see him and we <laughs> we kind of planned our, our visits around lunchtime a lot of times because he was famous for going to get salta for his guests and so we'd sit on the ground out in front of his shop and eat. That's a I don't know if you remember that, meal. but I know you did that many times. Yeah, no, I just I think it was just because that one time that I did we remember it was just because it was such a distinctive, you know, environment. It was as far as I know, like one I just remember feeling so special getting to go to that. So And you mentioned the bread. I think that's one of the things that I remember the most and I miss the most is the fresh bread. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course here in America we have all kinds of bread, but in Yemen there was hardly anywhere that you could live in town where there was not a bakery within a couple of blocks walk. And so whether it was uh, like Hubs was the name of, mm -hmm. of the kind of the flatbread that we talked about, um, the like the round flatbread. And then there was Kuddam. I don't know if you remember Kuddam. I don't think I remember Kuddam. It was kind of, uh, of course, I'm, I'm, sh I'm showing Jacob the shape. You can't see it out there, but um, it was kind of a round loaf. It almost looked about the size and shape of a, of a big hamburger bun. But it was okay. so, it was really thick and dense. And they called it soldier bread because it was so, it would last a long time. Mm. Um, and what I like to do when I get it hot, and it was kind of grainy, almost like cornbread. 
in a okay. sense. Um, and you could put a little butter on that and dip in a little syrup. It was it was so nice when it was hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had Rudy, which was basically a tiny little baguette. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was Yemeni outside, Rudy. soft yeah, inside. Exactly. And then Yemeni Rudy was same size, but it was more like squared off. Um, it was like a looked like a tiny loaf of bread as far as the shape, but but elongated, mm-hmm. and it had a little bit different texture. Almost, I hate to say rubbery. That's it. Definitely wasn't rubbery in a in a bad way. Mm-hmm. But it had just more of a rubbery texture. More like a springy te- yeah, texture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, more of a springy. Yeah. That was my favorite. You talking about us, you know, having a bakery nearby, like, just unlocked a memory for me here live on air of <laughs> me, like, walking from our house down this massive hill, like, down the street mm-hmm. to go pick up bread and come back. Oh, that probably would have been in Ties. Yeah, it was in Ties. It wasn't in Sanaa. But I just, just, look at that, live on air. Unlocking memories. <laughs> Unlocking memories right and left. <laughs> I know. Speaking of Ruti, I always remembered that our favorite thing to do with Ruti was, one, hummus. Because, you know, hummus is awesome, but it's also great with chobs. Yeah, and, and hummus then... and hummus and falafel. A lot of the things that we could go to almost any Mediterranean restaurant here in the States and find, you could, you could find in a lot of places in Yemen, too. So there was a lot of overlap with just sort of basic Mediterranean food. Mm-hmm. So, yes, excellent with hummus. But Go ahead. I do remember us doing egg and feta sandwiches with the Rudy. Mm-hmm. And then we, know, we, we learned that are... in Sanaa. There was a place, just a little restaurant, just down from one of the houses we lived in. Mm-hmm. So for those at home, it's one of the most easiest meals to make. You So you get yourself a, a baguette-like thing. So depending on who you are, some people like to hollow out the inside of the bread. I don't. And then you literally just hard-boiled eggs, slice them, put that in there, sprinkle some feta on top, maybe some salt, pepper, Tony's is my personal favorite. Awesome sandwich. Yeah, and that's the simplest version. And I remember we we found this down the street, and then one day the guy wasn't open or something, so we went to the next restaurant, which was just not even another block around the corner from the Ministry of Defense or something. It was, I don't know, it was a big, big office there, but... Anyway, the um, this guy didn't do it with boiled eggs. He did it with with fried eggs. Oh, that, I, I mean, I haven't. I really like that even better. Just the way that they did the eggs and the bread and and the feta kind of melted with the with the eggs. Why? My question is: Is why are we not doing that now? Well, you we know? probably should. We actually here in in Mississippi, um, Lauren and I had egg sandwiches the other day uh, about a week ago. Had some good bread from the farmers market and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it so for those at her home, to have an egg sandwich. We do keep this habit going. You know, this was not just a, a Yemen thing. We brought that with us. Oh gosh, all the time. It's just yeah. so good. Um, speaking of sandwiches that I just thought about, shawarma. Let's. Ooh. I mean, I both you and I forgot about how many times we used to get shawarma from that one random little stand. That nine out of ten times you were good, but every once in a while <laughs> you left feeling a little sick. <laughs> <laughs> but it was we, the safest. Yeah, we ended up asking a lot of times because they would put a little chicken shawarma. If you haven't had a shawarma, just imagine a gyro as far as the sort of the tower of meat on the spit that they, they carve off if you've seen that. Um, shawarma would be that. could be beef and lamb. could be chicken. And most of the time they put a little meat on the pita bread, kind of a really thin pita bread. And then they'd put some... 
basically vegetables, kind of almost like a slaw and then hot sauce and this other white sauce. Normally we would just say all we want is the meat because the vegetables were sketchy sometimes or they may mm-hmm. not be washed in the way that, that our little American stomachs could handle. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up paying a little extra for double meat, but extra for double meat would be like, you know, two dollars instead of one dollar or something yeah, yeah. like that when you're when you're in a third world country i mean even in dubai when we got shawarma you know you could buy three for like a buck fifty like you're you're not talking mm-hmm. and what was talking. the one thing that sometimes they would put on there that was special isn't it like a garlic sauce or something oh well that but i'm talking about sometimes they would put french fries on them oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be I, my favorite chicken the chicken shawarma meat couple of french fries and sometimes pickles and i would let them put pickles on there the pickles were good so that that's sort of the uh the classic as far as mm-hmm. i'm concerned i'm glad you brought that up. i mean shawarma is another thing that's all in, in other mediterranean places but that's where we learned it and i will say still the best shawarma i have ever had was in Sharjah, the united arab emirates it was a little stand and i'm telling you they had like paper thin mm-hmm. pita and it yeah. was wrapped oh so good sorry no, that's um, quite all right. I'm just thinking about that sandwich. No problem. So one of the things that's really unique, in a sense, although almost every culture has a similar type of thing, was a seed. Do you remember a seed? I recognize the name. I could not tell you what it was off the top of my head. So a seed is more or less a porridge. It can made, be made from different kinds of flour. I didn't um, eat it then. The really unique thing about a seed was you'd sit down at lunch. You know, you have your salt and have your your you know who who knows i mean there's so many different things but and by the way i'm just going to say now that if you're listening to this and you've been to yemen you know us you know we're going to forget something so sorry in advance if we don't talk about your favorite yemeni food but this a seed was so unique because it's basically like a thick porridge so yes. it would be like on like a either in a bowl or on a mound on a plate it was that thick you just kind of be mounded up and then there'll be a little well in the top of it and they would put this super hot meat broth of some sort and the thing was you're supposed to take your two fingers your, your index finger your middle finger and dip out the seed dip it in the broth and then eat it so you're definitely double dipping some people have a problem with that i did not my problem was it was so hot <laughs> that you had to get it off your fingers so fast <laughs> that uh you mm-hmm. know before it, before it burned um which leads me to oh and we had a friend he was he was Yemeni, but he went back and forth to America. I think he lived in Brooklyn and had a grocery store. And I was talking to him about how they, you know, had their favorite foods back in New York. And he said he used Bisquick to make a seed when he was home. Yeah, <laughs> I feel fun. like a seed is – I looked up a picture. So those at home, you literally can look up a seed, and then it's going to say Yemeni food. Right. And there's a good there's a good website. Um, it's called – let's see. Queen but, of Sheba, let's see. Sheba, while he's going through that. ShebaYemeniFood.com. Nice. But I feel like with me, a seed was something I remember not liking at all. But it I didn't feel have like a lot ate, of personality. But I feel like if I ate it now, I could like get it down. Well, we ordered it once at a restaurant in Memphis that I'll just uh, discuss later. But um, they were kind of surprised that, that we ordered it. But, you know, it was just more for nostalgia than the fact that we missed it or anything like that yeah I'm trying to think about other great things i you mentioned I, uh you mentioned something off mic about uh one of your favorite foods oh i keep forgetting about that 
for me being a, a slightly pickier eater in those days, uh, I ate a t- ton of a thing called barost, which is basically just fried chicken. Which is surprising given the name. It sounds like something that ought to be braised or roasted or, roasted. or both, but it's like you said, it's pretty much just fried chicken. It's just standard fried chicken. Um, I remember that my favorite place to get brose from was we had a name for it. It was like restaurant on the mountain or something Wasn't it like the that. The blue restaurant or something like the that. The blue restaurant, yeah, yes. Yeah. So I blue, forget. Blue walls. But it was on a mountain and it was a blue restaurant. Yeah, in Thais. Yeah. So we would go and it was really, really good. The view was awesome, the food was good. And then there was another one up the hill from that at a big hotel that was built later that we Mm. ate at a lot too. Not necessarily broast, but yeah, that was the big, that was the nice broast restaurant. And speaking of chicken, this was not necessarily unique, but we used to always eat street chicken, which was essentially just rotisserie chicken. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But instead of, you know, getting it out of a hot box next to the register at your favorite grocery store or Walmart, this was, the they would have the rotisserie kind of out on the street right next to the restaurant and you go in and and you know, get a chicken and a bag of rice um you know whatever some pitas yep cut a hole in the pita you slap a little bit of mayo on one side barbecue sauce on the other well we took that chicken that. In we there. sort of americanized it a little bit and oh, sometimes yeah. there was something and i'd forgotten about this till i was looking things up today there was a vegetable dish called mashekel and i haven't I haven't made it since we got back, and I'm kind of sad about that because I forgot about it. But it was it was kind of a roasted vegetable. I mean, we roast vegetables all the time, but I need mm-hmm. to dig into that and see how that was done. But it was that's essentially what it was is mm-hmm. kind of grilled slash roasted vegetables, and just I don't know. There was something special about it too. One so, thing that I don't think America has caught up with yet is the mango juice that you could get there came in these cans and it was like a syrup it was so thick well you can get it if you go to a mediterranean grocery store that is true that is true but man that was top notch right there just that thick thick mango juice no pulp just mango syrup it was so good yeah and really it probably was pulp just it was smooth pulp and it yeah (laughs) we i remember that's what you would be given if we were you know if we went to somebody's home and they gave the adults tea they would give you guys mango juice. If we were just out and about, people would give us mango juice, and we were not used to mango juice. Mm-hmm. But I came to love it. I love it now. Um, we had, at one of the houses we lived in, we had a mango tree, and our, it was right outside our door, and we lived kind of, our driveway was a hill, and <laughs> the mangoes during the season would fall off the tree and roll down the hill and hit our metal gate and, and kind of boom. So that was kind of fun to, you know, Every morning we go down and pick the mangoes from the end of the mm-hmm. driveway, and then we're going to talk about fruit juice. Um, did you you mentioned Liam already? I think right, or did you? Did we was that off mic? I'm, it was off I'm mic. Off. So Liam there was, was one of those drinks that I would like then and probably would like now. So, but what is Liam? Liam is one of the things they they had these, and I've forgotten the name of it, but they had basically juice shops. So you go to the juice shop and they have just almost anything. They had one that was mango and maybe had something red in it. It was kind of like a layered-looking drink, which was really good. But lime was one of the most popular. It was basically just lime juice and sugar with a little milk of some sort. Now, I did look at a recipe today that did not have milk, but every time we had it, it would have like a little uh, evaporated milk or sometimes people would use milk powder. Um, But you put the whole lime in the blender 
with the milk and a little bit of sugar and blend the whole thing and then you just strain out all the pulp and so it's a pulp free drink but i mean you you blend it up skin and all or peel and mm-hmm. all um in fact, I've done it here. I've done it a few times, and one year I took all took my lean and put it into little popsicle sleeves and had frozen lean popsicles. I must have not have been here for that. I don't think you. I think you were probably at camp or something that summer. Mm-hmm. I typically do that. So we had uh, camel one time. Uh, of course, we, we got that camel. at the grocery store. We didn't go. <laughs> there were camel restaurants out, sort of in the empty quarter towards. Um, uh, Marib in that area, which we never made it out there, but uh, we did go to the big hypermarket in Auden one time, and they had camel meat, and I think we put it in the crock pot, mm-hmm. and it was good, as I recall. Um, I think we put it with barbecue sauce. I think like. I think you're right. Yeah, we weren't sure what to do with it, but, but we did have camel, and then we had um, there was a lot of goat and sheep that mm-hmm. we ate, which you know we had never eaten much of that before. Um, one of the things that would be done for guests sometimes if you're especially if you're um i don't want to say just in a village but i think that's where it kind of tended to happen more is you'd have this goat and they would they would bring the goat head out and crack open the skull and you know the the guest of honor was I don't remember that. given the well it didn't have for happen to you um would get the brain well i kept hearing these stories i had never been offered it before i did have a friend who really had trouble. He visited Yemen often, but really had trouble with the food. He would eat eggs most of the time. Uh, and he was in a village, and and he was offered the brain. He just about lost it. Mm. I was offered it one time in Hodeida, and you were probably sitting there but just don't remember. But I just, you know, you're not supposed to refuse things. And so I don't think, but I was in a situation where I felt like it was okay. And as it turned out, they really wanted it anyway, so they didn't mind too much that I, you know, that I said no, thank you. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but I did like the like the meat, the cheek meat, and stuff like that. So let's see, we need to need to wind things down. But one of the one of my regrets, I'll say, um, is not paying more attention to the food because mm. I became more and more interested in food in general as we kind of were in our last couple of years and as i look back i wish i'd paid more attention but i do want to say that that when i first went for the couple of weeks as a volunteer uh just kind of a a look-see before we decided to move there um i was working in a hospital and there was a kitchen and they would get breakfast that was the thing you you go in real early and then you get breakfast and of course the hot tea came and you come in a in a glass glass almost looked like a shot glass almost but a little bit bigger Mm -hmm. Hot is the devil. Uh, lots of spices, a lot of times milk. That was new to me. I love it now. You know, like cardamom, cinnamon, clove, all those spices with, mm-hmm. um, you know, with a little bit of milk in it, sugar, lots of sugar. Uh, that was wonderful. But bean sandwiches were introduced. I was introduced to bean sandwiches, and it'd be like maybe fava beans or red beans sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. But beans, you know, I was saying earlier how beans or how breakfast and dinner were the same. And that's, that was one of the dishes. You might have beans, and they had fool or fasulia. One was a little bit more soupy than the other. Uh, then you have uh, fool wabeth, which was uh, beans with eggs, or you could just get eggs. Still one of my favorites. A lot of times they had, and we still do that here sometimes, uh, when we can get the right beans. Um, so that, I'm trying to think. But the other thing that I was surprised to enjoy was kibda. 
which was basically chopped liver. So they mm. take take the liver, and I I want to say it was sheep or it might have been beef. I'm not exactly sure. Um, didn't ask questions. That's usually the safest route. Yeah. But chop just little chopped liver and usually peppers and onions, spices, and of course you eat all this with with the amazing with bread. The bread. Yeah. So it was. I miss breakfast probably most of all, <laughs> besides the fossa. Mm-hmm. But we could go on and on. Oh, we got to talk about the fish restaurant, Jacob. Oh, I I almost forgot about the fish restaurant. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll of course we could talk more and more, but I we got to talk about the fish market. So more than one, we did this first in Auden, but probably did it more in Tides because that's where we lived. So you go to the fish market where all the fresh fish had been brought up by truck, you know, just a couple hours from the coast. And you pick out your fish. Usually we would pick out some sort of a, something like it was like a redfish. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and we, I mean, we, we, we got barracuda there one time. I've had shark. Yeah, we've had shark, but you get this big fish. That's the first step. You buy the fish, and sometimes we get some tuna too. And I'll tell you about how they were prepared. But then you go to the little man for the sahawik, and the sahawik was basically salsa in a sense. So you go to this little guy, and he's the quintessential old, cute little Arab man. Um, and he would give you a sack of vegetables. It'd be tomatoes. It'd be cilantro. It would be some spice. I'm trying to think what all was in there. But he just had a, a handful of things that all fresh. And then a little chunk of white cheese. And I don't when I looked this up, it basically it just said white cheese. So I'm not sure if it was feta or some form of feta, probably. So you take your fish and your sack full of vegetables to upstairs to the restaurant and hand them everything. Go sit down and they spread out newspaper. And in a little while, they bring out the fish, and the fish is kind of not filleted, but it's flayed, like cut down once. Or no, it's actually not cut. It's it's whole, still the whole fish, right? Mm-hmm. So what they've done is they've put it in the, one of those tenures, which is the round oven. Somehow they've painted it with this spice mix or some sort of. I remember like it being a lot of olive oil. Well, I mean, I'm sure it was oily. I mean, it was, it was kind of a painted marinade on it because I've seen them actually use the brush. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you, you know, bring out the even better bread than most places, kind of even more flaky and kind of chewy. Um, so you you pull the fish off with the bread, and then mm-hmm. when you get when you finish one side, you flip it over. And a lot of times they bring out fries with that. If you got tuna, they would cut it into chunks and like pan fry it. Which I'd never had it that way before. It was so, really good. That was my favorite. Yeah, I like until the fried I realized tuna. how good the the blackened fish was. Yeah, and there'd be cats all around, you know, looking for that extra little piece of fish that dropped off the table, and mm-hmm. but that was a really unique, special uh, experience that I've really never had, you know, anywhere else. Yeah, you probably couldn't have it anywhere else due to sanitary conditions. <laughs> but. That's that's very possible, but man, I miss that food. Mm-hmm. I, I that had some great memories associated with that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what those drum beats mean. It is now time for our flavorites. So, Dad, what is your favorite for this week? I hear you have two. I have a, it's kind of a two-parter. 
and it's going to definitely fall in line with what we've been talking about. So if you're on the Instagram and you're someone who misses Yemeni food or is curious about it, I follow a, a restaurant in, actually I think it's in New York City, maybe in Brooklyn. I'm not exactly sure where it is, but it's just Yemen Cafe, Y-E-M-E-N-C-A-F-E. That's the, the Instagram name, and they post pictures all the time to just make you drool. So if you mm-hmm. want to kind of see what some of this stuff looks like, you can go there. Like I said, uh, Queen of Sheba or the ShebaYemeniFood.com. Um, has rest has recipes for all these things that we talked about and more that we didn't have time to talk about. Um, gosh, I didn't mention. I gotta mention Bentasahin. Do you remember Bentasahin? I recognize the name. I couldn't tell you what it was though. Gosh, uh, it was basically a dessert. A, a, it was a layered bread, like super thin layers, maybe like ten or twelve layers of bread and buttery, and they pour honey on it and these black seeds. And uh, gosh, I can't. Believe oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I do yeah, remember. I can't that. believe that was I really forgot good. a bit to But um, anyway, all the things that you like, if you want to go to, if you want to see pictures of it, go to either shebayemenifood.com or Yemen Cafe on Instagram. And if you're in the south, if you're in our area, the best two places, or the places that I'm aware of, um, there's the Queen of Sheba restaurant in Memphis. We've eaten there several times, and it's quite authentic. Very good. That's where we had the acid. Um, and then there's a place in um, Jackson called Asalam, Jackson, Mississippi. It's near the North Park Mall. Uh, we've only I've only eaten there once. I think your mom has eaten there a couple times. Um, but that's also it's a lot of Mediterranean food, but it's Yemeni guys, and so you can have some good stuff there. So mm-hmm. you can see it, you can taste it if you're nearby. If you're not nearby and listening, then you know look it up and try it. Well, that is good to know. So, my favorite for this week, I'm going to hit you with a two-parter as well, since we're doing two-parters now. All right. So, I'm going to recommend a a book publisher and then a book series. Uh, so, my first uh, recommendation is a publisher called Banner of Truth. Um, so, they are a Christian book publisher that specializes in dead old people. It would be a good way to describe them. So, they have a lot of... Puritan publications, um, Old Princeton, which is like the Old Princeton Seminary before it got liberal, theologians, just a lot of guys from the 15 to 1800s that they print. Um, they have a lot of reformers. Um, they print a lot of Spurgeon, J.C. Ryle, just a lot of the the titans of the faith um, from that era. This book publisher uh, focuses on that. So they And they're really, really high-quality books. I mean, you... You just take out what, like their hardbacks are cloth over board. So they're like just really solid and their paperbacks are really high quality as well. So in that line, a good series that they have is called the Puritan Paperback Series. So they're just a collection of Puritan writings on just a bunch of different topics. You can just um, search Puritan Paperbacks and find a topic that interests you. They're like six to eight bucks a piece and they're all super high quality, long lasting books like you just pick it up and it's like this is the highest quality paperback i've ever picked up so they're they're real good awesome well that is the end thanks so much for listening if you've enjoyed it and think others might enjoy this podcast as well please share please rate and review on apple Podcasts or whatever platform you may have found us and they are legion 
You can find us on the worldwide interweb at Vittle Vital Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Vittles and Vitals Podcast on Facebook, and we'd love to hear from you. If you have an idea of a subject you'd like to hear us cover, give us a DM. And remember, it is vital to look for the Vittles.